0: You're listening to the Woman Who Chat podcast with me, your host, Sandra Garlick. A podcast where I chat to women in business who share their knowledge and their business journey, including their top tips, especially for you. But not only that, you'll hear their inspirational stories too, the real authentic version. Because life and business is actually a roller coaster. I'm the founder of Woman Who and I help you to power up your personal brand and get visible. I teach you the simple steps to get where you want to be. I help you to find your story and create the opportunities for you to share it confidently on stage, in print, and in other media. I'm delighted to bring this podcast to you each week to inspire and motivate you so that you can achieve in the future. I'll be sharing my knowledge, insights and stories too. Enjoy this week's podcast. Woman Who Chat is sponsored by Grow Radio. Grow Radio is an online radio station dedicated to bringing you a different podcast on the hour, every hour. I'm proud that Woman Who Chat is played on Grow Radio every Tuesday at 3pm and Friday at 8am and to be part of their podcasting community. If you want to listen to the station, explore their shows, get your podcast onto Grow Radio and check out many of the blogs to improve your podcasting skills. So head over to growradio.uk today. Welcome to Woman Who Chat, and today I'm chatting with Julia Leask of Leask Advisory Solutions. Hello, Julia. How are you?
1: Hi, Sandra. Uh, I'm very well. Uh, enjoying the fact that it's near the end of a week, because everybody has a, a hard week throughout whatever time of year it is, don't they?
0: <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Um, we've got that Friday feeling today. So, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> if you're listening to this, it doesn't matter. We're on our Friday feeling, so we're heading into the weekend. Julia, I've invited you onto my podcast today because we're going to talk shortly about understanding your financial. But before we get on to that, I'd love to know how, how you got into the financial world and what. tell us a little bit about your journey. Were you always in, in financials or did you have a past life that we know nothing about?
1: I went into accountancy basically because I was in, in the 1980s. It was a case of what can you go into that's going to be secure for a job for life? And it was a okay. case so I wanted to do accountancy because I could, you know, be guaranteed a role of some sort. But my passion is actually helping people. I thought, well, it's going to be a stepping stone to helping people at some point in time. And I was on that stepping stone for nearly 20, 25 years. So <laughs> having sort of worked with been employed, you know, being an employee, sort of build myself up, being trained, being a qualified accountant, working with blue chips. Had my family and I decided to give up work because I wanted to look after the baby after nine IVF treatments. After six months, I was going to kill him because the grey matter just didn't stop. You know, the the coffee nappy mornings didn't do it for me. So going back into uh, work, there was no part time work in sort of the 2006. So I set my own business up, and um, I found out that the SMEs only understand bookkeeping, tax returns, year end. So I ended up doing that, but that's not my passion. My passion is more on the. The forecasting the planning, the getting the, the business owners' ideas and the what if scenarios and putting numbers around that and enabling them and empowering them to actually make their dreams come true because I get a buzz out of other people's achievement. You know, I achieve when they achieve. You know, we are a team, and that's what my clients say about me. I treat their businesses as if it was my own. So now that I've actually got to the point where I reinvent myself every six months, I'm now well a virtual portfolio cfo finance director and uh, i've been a trustee treasurer for charities again i like to give back to society so i'm giving back and i'm enjoying it you know you know it, my husband's just retired from corporate life and i don't want to retire because i'm having such a good time In this case of well you do what you want to do when you retire but i'm doing what i want to do now so you know Numbers, yes, they're important, but it's not the be all and end all. You've got to have a, a viable business and that's, you know, helping people have the viable business.
0: Yeah, uh, I really resonated with, with something that you said on your journey. You know, you gave up work to raise a family. And I mean, I mean no mean feat going through nine IVF yeah. treatments. Uh, I mean, it must have been a, a very challenging period in your life. But actually, the coffee morning brigade, the sitting with the toddlers, going to play groups and all that, I did it but I was tearing my hair out. I just needed intellectual, normal conversation, not comparing which washing powder you used, which was the best nappies to buy and all those sorts of things. And I craved to get back into the working world. I think I lasted a very short period before I had to go back and do something. So, I mean, obviously you've got a love and a passion for figures, for financials. And I must stress here, you're no longer an accountant, as you said. You've got background, which enables you to understand the figures. One of the things that I find is, especially when uh, we're judging for the woman who achieves awards, is women in business enter, and we ask them for their turnover for a reason. We want to know roughly where they're sitting in, so we can compare like with like.
1: Yeah,
0: but it isn't all about turnover, is it? I was
1: going to, I was going to swear, then better not. No, it's not. Turnover is vanity. You know, profit is sanity and cash flow is reality. So, you know, you've got I set my business up and I'm not a charity, but the clients didn't realize that or they don't understand that. So nobody should set a business up and expect to be taken advantage of. And there's a lot of people out there, a lot of the ladies in the group. And they they're so giving and caring that they'll give their stuff away. And that's not right because they worked hard for it. So you've got to actually pitch yourself. And as you say, compare like for like. But again, if their products are different or their services are different, it's hard to have that comparison. So mm-hmm. it's basically how successful are they achieving their goals? I think that would be a better comparator because then the goal isn't doesn't have a value to it, mm-hmm. and it's either you've done it or you haven't done it. Yeah. You've done it well or you've you know. So that would be a better comparator.
0: Yeah. And a lot of the the marketing now and a lot of the the women in business are. are striving for six figure seven figure businesses and I say well that's all well and good but if your overheads are high you know your actual net profit might not be as great as if you had a smaller business and you didn't have those big overheads of the big teams and the big tech and yeah. you know everything that comes with it because obviously when a, as a business grows so do the overheads usually
1: oh, yeah. 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 yeah and I think yeah. there's a
0: misconception about around that and if you hit the big turnovers you're going to be paying more tax
1: <laughs> yeah but i mean not only that but i mean you know i've seen people or clients where they're grown and they've got the you know the turnovers have tripled you know quadrupled but they're then working with the big organizations that are paying on like 90 days mm. so they can wait four months to get paid and i don't know about you but when i get a bill in i normally have to pay it within 30 days so you know, if you've got no money in the bank, if you've got no savings, you're crippled. You know, so your turnover is brilliant. Your profit is brilliant. And you've got nothing in the bank. So what there uh, some businesses find out is that, you know, that, that the turnover is brilliant. You know, you've got a massive turnover compared to this time last year or even this time last month. Your profit is fantastic. And you've got no money in the bank because who you're selling to aren't processing your invoices as quickly as you would like. I mean, the other thing is, if you don't like accounting, it could well be that, you know, you haven't actually raised your invoice. So you're a month late. So they're going to be then it's going to be five months till you get paid. So it you've you've got to understand what your ideal client looks like, because one of the parameters that you could have is that they're actually going to pay you one time. And at the the terms that you've agreed, because often the bigger organisations say, we're going to buy on our terms and that's not right for you. Yeah.
0: And, you know, I learned that the hard way and I've shared this before, but I'll I'll share it now um, because this is a common mistake that a lot of people make. When I set up my first business, you know, we were rolling, we were expanding. I was taking on new people, had office premises very quickly within the first three months. And it got to, I think I started the business in the July. We moved into the office in the September and in October, I couldn't pay the salaries. Yeah. And I thought in my head, we've got all these bills, we've done all this invoicing, but I needed the cash there and then. And that's when I got my first edu- rapid education mm-hmm. from my bank manager on cash flow because nobody had ever talked to me about it before. Yeah. And it, it doesn't matter how much you've got coming in, it's what you've got in the bank that matters, isn't it? And you need that. Oh, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, it's also important to actually be working with a, a good bank as well. I mean, you know, I, I think nowadays it's... it's not the norm to have a bank manager, you've actually got to have the services online. So it's got to have good services. I mean, I've actually just recently moved over to Starling from one of the traditional banks, because it's more convenient, you know, that integrates with the accounting package I use. So if I spend it's in my it's in my ledger straight away. So that saved me a job, you know, and I don't know about you guys out there. But if it can save me time, that that's worth my that's worth something to me, because my time is worth money. So if you don't like accounting, and you don't like numbers, it's a no-brainer. Do something. Also, it's automated, you know. Yeah.
0: And I, th- I think that was one of, you know, the things I realised. And, you know, I've got a lovely software package now. It integrates with my bank accounts. All I have to do is go in and reconcile it once a month, yes. you know, and, and it's easy. What I see is what I've got in the bank. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, yeah. it gives me data as well. And I think yeah. that's, important. You know, I, yes, I did learn how to read a balance sheet. It's still like reading a completely different language to me. I'm yeah. not, let's say I'm academically challenged on the math score. It took three attempts to get my O level. That shows how old I am as well. So numbers don't come naturally to me. How I ever gave birth to a head of maths. My son's a, a head of maths teacher, God only knows. Yeah. But I do find it challenging, you know, and I ran my business on a spreadsheet for years. Yeah. Yeah. And then got into all sorts of problems with that and understanding that. And it, I think, you know, yes, we all have accountants and they do a great job, but they're not there to give us the advice as much as we would like around
1: the financials of the yeah. business, financial planning, uh, are they? I mean, they? Uh, I mean I've, I've, I've got to sort of fess up here and say that my profession is not the best at being proactive. So they will answer your questions. However, if you don't know what questions to ask, they won't tell you. Because yeah. that's because they're expecting you to ask them, then they can charge you for it. Unless you've got a, a you know a package where it includes some inquiries.
0: I absolutely love networking, and I'm hosting a Woman Who Live and lunch in Birmingham on Friday, the 22nd of September. You'll hear inspiring speakers, make great new connections, and we'll also announce the finalists of the Woman Who Achieves Solopreneur Awards 2023. To book, simply visit womanwho.co.uk. Now back to the podcast. they're starting out in business they need to get a handle on the figures don't they they need to get understanding. so yeah some of the things some of the ideas that you know if you were starting out things you would be expected to know or maybe things that you know they might want to read up on or something like that or where they can get that information
1: i would actually suggest that they actually try and find a very good bookkeeper because the book, it'll be worth the investment to get a good bookkeeper that can take the responsibility of the accounting away from you. And they will keep you on the straight and narrow. Once you've actually got your, your foundation of a good solid ledger, you can then grow and build. And then also what I, you know, I've found that with a lot of clients is, you know, they're fantastic at what they do. They've got a passion for what they do. They hate numbers. Therefore, that's where they fall down. But if you put a graph or a chart in front of them, they can see that the line's going like that, not like that. They understand it. Whereas if you put a spreadsheet in front of them, which may or may not be accurate because there could be a cell wrong in there somewhere. You know, it's giving people what they need in a format that they need to understand to actually take control back with their business. Because you're in control. However, if you've got the 10 hats that every business owner has, you've got to delegate what's not your strength. You know and if bookkeeping's not your strength get somebody to do it who loves it because I've got people who I can work with who love accounting and tax and bookkeeping and it's a case of well go away and do it because I don't want to do it so
0: absolutely and I think that's the, the thing when you're starting business or when you're running a business and you are on that scaling up you know you need to delegate you need to outsource yeah. those yeah. tasks that you don't enjoy because yeah. I could spend a whole day on my accounts it might take a bookkeeper a couple of hours because yeah. the- understand what nominals to use yeah, yes yeah. whereabouts it sits uh, I mean fantastic a lot of the packages today yeah sort that for you yeah. and I've got my um software at the moment that I'm using is quite intelligent so it guesses and once it's seen a transaction go out every yeah. month yeah. is yeah. the nominal uh and it says is this right and and, and yeah. that's a huge amount and the vat as well you know but it's very challenging when you are have what I call number dyslexia or you don't yeah, yeah.
1: But, but I mean, but I mean it, it, it's not something to be ashamed of it's just it's not your it's not your bag so you know I was actually talking to our PR representative in the group yesterday and you know that's not my bag I've got loads of content and I've been shoving stuff out all over the place and I've not been getting that visible you know that's the theme that we've got recently getting visible so it's a case of well you know let Abby go away and do it. So. <laughs> and that's the thing, you know, play
0: to the yeah. strengths, isn't it? Yeah. So I don't profess to advise anybody on their financials at all because it's not my area. It's yeah. not my yeah. area of genius. You know, it's not where my passion lies. In fact, I used to have a an awful swear word that I used to refer to my accounts. And I think that actually they used to I dread sitting with them. I dread actually doing them. It only takes yeah. me yeah. an hour now, yeah. but I actually, yeah. it's yeah. that whole I've built around the figures so moving on we talk to women about understanding their financials you know whether you're a sole trader whether you're a limited company you need to do some sort of end of year reconciliation and accounts should women be trying to do that on their own or should they be getting an accountant to do that
1: I would say get an accountant to do that because, I mean, there's so much legislation these days. I mean, even something as simplistic as, you know, you realise that your turnover has gone over £85,000 or you're registered for that. Things like that, you might carry on and do your sole trader and think, oh, yeah, I've done it. I don't own anybody anything. And then HMRC come and say, well, actually, we're going to fine you because you should have registered. So an expert can tell you that, whereas it's not worth your while going grey over it yeah
0: and you know the companies you work with are all varying in
1: size and they're quite established companies a lot of them aren't they and they're looking to yeah I mean I've got one startup which is actually multinational so I question the startup status but hey that's just me so, yeah.
0: but you know you work with them you work on their financial planning you, you're in a way you're the absent financial director or the CFO yeah, yeah.
1: you know it, 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 in essence they they can't afford a full-time one of me so I help them and then as has happened recently I'm I'm helping them to a point where they've grown that they need a full-time one of me and I don't want to do it full-time because I enjoy working with lots of different companies Mm. you know that's that what's I can learn from one client and then transfer that knowledge to somebody else you know I don't need to be just within a square in the box I like to actually have the diversity and you know the mixing of the different industries as well really
0: yeah yeah and I suppose in a way you go in you sort of lift them up pick them up take them forward and then replace yourself
1: yes yeah I mean that, that that's what's difficult because in, in effect you know it's been my baby and then handing it over it's difficult to actually well yes I've got to step back now you know I've got, I've got to I've got to let go of the reins it's my time's over
0: <laughs> so without breaching any confidentiality what are the biggest some of the biggest nightmares you've seen when you've gone into a company or, or lack of understanding
1: Um, just the perception that accounting and bookkeeping is cheap that people don't value what the profession do and that across the board is you know they don't even some people don't even sort of value a bookkeeper or a financial professional as great as an administrator in this case well actually you do need it because you know at the end of the day if we don't do what we do you can't get paid so you know you've got to actually bring it back to what they're getting out of it as well as to you know and then the, the it's it's not a cost to the business. Having a good bookkeeper or accountant is an investment because that, that investment will be paid back when you actually grow and are more efficient. Because again, you could be spending costs on things that are too expensive. You know, we, we've got lots of professionals in our network, you know, who can actually do cost efficiency, you know, making sure that you know you're not overpaying it, you've renewed your your contract with somebody and they've actually increased their price, whereas people going to them first off, they're getting a reduced. Rate things like that shouldn't be happening but you don't know because you're busy in your business
0: yeah and you know that's one thing I've learned from understanding my financials as much as I can is I do a financial audit every quarter Mm -hmm. I go in I look at all my direct debits I look at what I'm paying out for things I look at all Mm -hmm. my memberships I look at everything and think am I getting value for that am I still using you'd be surprised I still find things that I'm paying for and think I shouldn't still be paying for that you know or it's a, a a product that i've since replaced and forgot to cancel the original yeah. for something yes. else or memberships i don't use you know yeah. organizations that yeah. i don't so it's- i
1: mean i mean yeah i mean the classic one is that you've got an annual subscription with something and you think you've cancelled it and then they actually charge you again i mean i had one recently where i actually had to contact them four times to say look i cancelled it here's the cancellation email pay me back yeah so yeah. they paid me back and then they charged me again the next month in a case of no
0: yeah Yeah. and it's keeping an eye on this because you might a lot of these uh subscriptions are auto renew yeah you know we don't i think they should be you know you have to opt in to renew but they're not they are and how often do we read the detail on insurance policies and things like that but they are auto renew we're busy people we get the reminder letter Mm. through we say oh yes i must deal with that and we forget because we're off on doing it what we do best um, but these auto renews can catch
1: us out, can't they? Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, you just get the email. We've charged you. That's kind of, what was that for? I, I mean, I, at one point, I actually I cancelled the card just to actually stop it happening, which yeah. you shouldn't do. You shouldn't do. But, you know, when people just aren't responding to you, what you know, what can you do?
0: No, I've done exactly the same. I've, I've put a lost or stolen in simply yeah. get that card removed and a replacement yeah. because, yeah you've got no way some of the subscriptions and, and this is one thing I found some of them go through Apple and mm-hmm. so you have to check your subscriptions in there some of yeah. them go through your direct debit in your bank and then others you think how on earth and they're taking it from your debit card yeah. and there's yeah. no way to stop it yeah. Um I think it's keeping an eye on the financials isn't it yeah. not yeah. but at the end of the year your accountant yeah. yeah. say hang on a minute, what's that for? You know, you have to have some financial education to
1: make yourself aware. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, as I've said before, it's not a crime not to be comfortable in that space. It's, you know, you are allowed not to like numbers. It is allowed. (laughs) You can't have have a successful business without understanding completely what's going on the profit and loss. It is allowed, but you just need to have that guidance to, you know, that expertise to, you know, enable you to carry on.
0: Yeah. I mean, let's look at the converse of this. I mean, we talked about cash flow earlier and, you know, cash is king and it's what's in the bank account that counts. But I think you also have to remember that not everything in the bank account is yours, is it? Because you've got to remember, you've got payments going out. So I've seen another tendency with, with some businesses that they actually look at the bank account and say, I'm really well off. I, I'm going to spend that. I'm going to have that shiny new car. I'm going to have that shiny new thing for my business. Yeah. New laptop, new piece of equipment, and then they get to the end of the month and they need an overdraft, or they're yeah, in trouble, yeah. or they need to borrow because they've spent the cash. So it's about understanding the cash flow, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, the other thing which I've just sort of thought of, as you mentioned, the, the bank account. Please set up a business bank account. the The money in the bank account is not yours. Even if you're a sole trader, the money in the bank account is the business's, not yours. And you've got to separate your spending, going out buying clothes or whatever from the, you know, having to buy stationery for the business. It's completely different. And it, as long as you have ring fenced what's yours and what's the business's, you'll actually feel more in control because you can then see, you know, you then move your salary or wage each month to your personal account. And that actually gives you. That empowers you because then you're being paid from the business. And I would also say, make sure you pay yourself. So one of the top things you need to do is pay yourself and then everything else underneath goes in. So don't overspend on nice to have things and then stop paying yourself. You've got to pay yourself because you've earned that because it's your business.
0: Absolutely. I think that's one of the biggest mistakes I see in the awards entries mm. come in, and people say, I'm not yet taking a salary because I'm investing in the business. Well, you can forever invest in the business, but if yeah. you're not taking the salary, it's not a viable business because you're not paying yourself for your time. Yeah. And that, I see a lot of businesses burn out at the two-year mark because I think that they get fed up of not being able to draw that salary. They get fed up of being on the hamster wheel again. They come out of mm world well, they think they're going to have a better lifestyle they think they're yeah. going to have work life balance but they don't pay themselves and then yeah. they go so frustrated and they get fed up and then yeah. whether it's their partner their <clears throat> husband or family members say to them you know this business isn't isn't viable because you're not contributing
1: I mean I think you know my husband's got to admit this now he's he had my business tagged as being a hobby for years because I was giving back and I was making a difference and I wasn't paying myself you know, I'm admitting it now. But now I am paying myself, and I've actually taken him on as a fellow director, so I'm paying him as well. So, you know, it, we're a going concern. You know, yes, we're still small. Yes, we haven't actually, you know, established exactly what David's offering is going to be through his um, IT directorship services. But, it, you know, you, you've got to reward people who are working for you and making a difference for your organisation.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and the other thing I would say, when you do take on an employee, make sure you're running a proper payroll. You're not just paying them, because I've seen a lot of businesses just pay people and not actually run it through a payroll because they didn't know they had to. Again, it's understanding
1: what's needed, isn't it? I think I'll take you back to what I was saying. Get a good bookkeeper. (laughs) Get a good bookkeeper and they will point you in the right direction because, you know, the good bookkeepers are actually obsessed with getting it right and they will not allow you to do it wrong
0: yeah that's a great piece of advice and talking about advice I always ask my guests to give or piece of advice for the audience what would you like to share with the audience Julia
1: I think it's just make a note and actually follow the numbers that make a difference to you and your business and one of the other things is do not price yourself too low because if you price yourself too low, your competitors will go lower, and you'll just, you know, you'll, you'll run to the bottom quickly. You've got to price yourself at a reasonable rate that you think you're worth. And, you know, if you don't know what your prices are, get some advice. Yeah. And
0: just on that point, just before we finish, I think there's a big mistake when people come out of the corporate world. They work out what their salary was. They work out what they were paid per hour. And that's what they charge other people when they're in the services industry. And it's not, you have to build in your overheads and your costs to, to whatever yeah, you're charging, yeah. don't you? And value, you know, people yeah. have to pay for your expertise.
1: Yeah, yeah. But what I would also say is the hourly rate in corporate land actually has huge overheads around it. So the you know the hourly rate that a corporate person would charge themselves out at is not what like somebody at our level would do because we're, we're more agile and efficient and more adaptable, you know. So we, we can react quicker. to We're proactive, whereas the big corporates, as I've said, take at least three months to actually turn around.
0: Yeah. Well, it's been great chatting to you, Julia. Today, I've been chatting with Julia Leask of Leask Accountancy Solutions. It's great to have been chatting to you.
1: Which is now Leask Advisory Solutions. Thank you for correcting me there. <laughs> it's all right. We, we, we just re- renamed ourselves in the past three months. So
0: it's okay advisory solutions so what we'll do is we'll pop the links in the show notes so if you're listening to this we'll put some show notes out there we'll put julia's links in there so you can link with her on linkedin and again we'll pop your website there as well julia it's been great chatting to you thanks very much sandra i appreciate
1: the opportunity
0: Thank you for listening to the woman who chat podcast i hope you enjoyed it join me next week for more inspiration learning and top tips in the meantime visit womanwho.co.uk to find out how you can start your woman who journey or even feature on a future podcast you can also join the woman who achieves community on facebook the link is in the show notes there you'll get the opportunity to network find support and make new connections with over a thousand women in business. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's podcast. And if there are any topics you would like to hear, just get in touch with me, your host, Sandra Garlick.